You're listening to SBS News. Companies suspected of bribery, drug trafficking and money laundering have been awarded multi-million dollar contracts to run Australia's offshore detention program. Those are the findings of a damning review by former ASIO boss Dennis Richardson, who found the Department of Home Affairs failed to use the intelligence available to it to scrutinise businesses being awarded government contracts. What do you think ultimately led to these failings? Oh, I think... um Um, offshore processing of course commenced under Prime Minister Howard it was stopped um, following the election of uh, Kevin Rudd, then it was recommenced in 2012 when it was recommenced in 2012 there was haste there was was an imperative to get offshore processing working quickly, Uh, those initial contracts were heavily criticised by the Australian National Audit Office, time went on And um, uh, over time, I think, Home Affairs fell into a little bit of a rut and didn't quite do the due diligence that they should have done. Your report kind of found a lack of curiosity, didn't it, that public servants had information available that they could have accessed, but they didn't. Why not? Well, by and large, people working in procurement uh, areas across government don't think of intelligence uh, or the community. There's good reasons for that. The intelligence community is tightly constrained in what it can do in respect of Australian entities. However, Austrac, uh, which follows financial movements, is relevant where you have offshore activities involving small unknown companies. Uh, but most areas of government don't deal with procurement offshore. Most of them are onshore. And this lack of due diligence saw Home Affairs award and renew contracts with companies that were suspected of corruption, under investigation by the AFP, accused of trying to circumvent uh, US sanctions against Iran. Um, One of the CEOs was being investigated for drug and arm smuggling into Australia. These are pretty egregious errors, aren't they? Yeah, but Sarah, you need to pull that apart. The, The number of people who were aware of the CEO being investigated for drug and, sm- and uh, drug running and uh, arms smuggling. There were very few people aware of that within the AFP. You would not have expected that information to be more broadly shared at that point. Uh, in respect of the AFP investigations, some of those AFP investigations commenced after contracts had been entered into. There was one, however, particular matter where uh, the AFP were investigating an individual relating to offshore bribery. Um, That investigation went on for three years and right up until the point of issuing a public release, Home Affairs were not advised by the AFP of that investigation. Home Affairs found out about the investigation through the media. That is an example of a breakdown in communication across government. How many millions of taxpayer dollars can you estimate has been wasted or misused over these years? I, it's not possible to say how much has been wasted or misused because uh, at least two of the investigations are ongoing. 
So it really depends upon where those investigations get to before you can talk about uh, waste. However, uh, there is no doubt that some of the profit margins on these contracts uh, does raise an eyebrow or two. You conclude that there is no evidence of ministerial involvement in regional processing contract decisions and you've made, uh, you haven't made any referrals to the National Anti-Corruption Commission or the AFP, but was there a culture of deliberately not informing the minister of what was going on? I don't, I don't think so. I think given the nature of the contracts, it's uh, perfectly understandable uh, if the minister... Uh, was not uh, was not advised. I've worked in departments where not all contracts are advised of the minister. Can you explain why that would be? Because I suppose some people would think, well, hold on, if there's a AFP investigation into a company that is, you know, has been awarded a Commonwealth contract, the minister should be told. Well, you've got a couple of layers there, Sarah. First of all, it would be quite wrong of the AFP to immediately tell the department the moment they commenced an investigation into a particular country, into a particular company. It would be wrong because, one, the investigation may not go anywhere. Secondly, the investigation may establish that what they thought was the case was not the case. So you could have departments making premature judgments based upon AFP information. So the AFP needs to be very careful when they tell a department. But at some point along that spectrum, they should certainly think of it. And at least, and in at least one case, they clearly did, uh, did not do so. When it comes to ministers, if you flip it around, if ministers were advised of every contract being entered into uh, by a department, you would then run the difficulty of ministers being involved in the contract decision-making, which would then raise a conflict of interest politically. How do we prevent this type of thing from happening again? Well, I I think, first of all, uh, procurement areas and the intelligence part of their departments, particularly home affairs, need to be better wired than what they are at the moment. Secondly, a bit of curiosity uh, wouldn't go astray. For instance... Uh, where you're looking at giving a contract uh, to a company which is very small, no public profile, and where it is seeking to exercise a contract in an area in which it has no expertise, and on top of all of that, they're about to increase their, their annual revenue by 30-fold, I think it's reasonable to expect a department to exercise a degree of curiosity and um, uh, to do more than the basics. Um, you know, a lot of the basics are just checking company records. Well, I think where you've got the situation I've just outlined, you need to go well beyond that. Your third recommendation was to develop a sort of protocol to actually share law enforcement and intelligence information with Commonwealth departments. Why is that so critical? Because procurement areas don't often think about uh, the AFP and the intelligence community when it comes to uh, when it comes to procurement. When you're dealing with contractual matters offshore, 
in high-risk integrity environments, I think it's vital uh, that you think of the intelligence community and you think of the AFP. There are obviously constraints on what and when information, for instance, out of the AFP can be shared, but that communication, uh, the channels should exist. And if they're not created, there will be a repeat uh, of what we've just said. Thank you. And you said that the contact details of three individuals have been passed on to the AFP or the NAC with their I've, consent. I've, uh, we, we linked up the AFP and the NAC with a number of individuals with their agreement. Uh, and uh, what's happened since then, I don't know. It's really a matter for the NAC, the AFP and the individuals involved. So there could be further criminal investigations? There could be, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm neither a crime writer nor a crime investigator. That was Dennis Richardson speaking. Ab- that was Dennis Richardson speaking about his review of integrity concerns and governance arrangements for the management of regional processing by the Department of Home Affairs. Sarah Tomevska, SBS News.